0: Ah, welcome back to the first episode of the Suit Yourself Podcast, part of the Finish First Media Group. I am your co-host, Austin, joined by fellow co-host, Brandon. We currently do not have a primary host as we are both doing the show together. Welcome back. Today is August the 11th of 2020, the year of terrible. Uh, Brandon, how about you start us out with a question? How uh, was your day today? Thus far, my day was fantastic. It's even better because we are making history with the first ever Suit Yourself podcast being recorded right now on August 8th, August 11th, 2020 A.D. Year of our Lord. Amen. Well, great, Brandon. Uh, One opening question as well before we get started. Uh, What would you say is the greatest novel ever written? Um that's an excellent question this was this was not a I did not know this question was coming. This is difficult um I'm not entirely sure. I have recently read The Alchemist though, and I thought that was a very good book. However, I don't know if that qualifies as the greatest, but fantastic nonetheless Palo Coelho really knocked it out of the park and I feel like everyone could learn something from reading it. uh can you just tell us very very briefly how it ends? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. It okay. would, it, I, I it's don't one really of those books where the end comes full circle and you're like, wow, I was not expecting that. I don't particularly agree with that answer, but I'm going to let it slide for today. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, very quickly, um, let's go over what the show is going to be about today. So for today, for the first show, we are going to start with our running back rankings. We are going to go over our running back ranks 20 through 40. Um as well as with players, we're going to talk about players that might be ranked in that area or might be ranked a little higher that uh, can really help boost your league more than a lot of other guys in that range. So kind of the, uh, not even really sleepers, but half sleepers, if that kind of makes sense. Uh, and all these ranks are going to be on our website at... You can find them on our, on our website at finishfirstmedia.com. Incredible. So. Um, I would like to just throw it over to you. Who do you have ranked at your number 40 slot? We are going to count from 40 to 20 today. Next episode, which will be this incoming Friday, we will be going through our 1 through 20. Our 1 through 19, I suppose, to be technical. But sorry to cut you off at the beginning. Uh, let, let's hear number 40. Um, I'd like to give a congratulations to Keshawn Vaughn for being the first player we discuss on the show. Mm, um, making history, yeah, he is really making history. To be honest, I am not excited about Keshawn Vaughn at all, and unfortunately, I did draft him in my most recent um, dynasty league. He just kept falling and falling, and there was really at one at some point, I just got like I gotta take him. But now with them drafting Lashawn McCoy and with the head coach saying that. Um, Ronald Jones is going to be their guy as of now. It really, really discourages me of taking Keshawn Vaughn. But on the bright side, I feel like he does have potential to take over the starting role from Ronald Jones. Because, let's face it, Ronald Jones was a backup last year to Peyton Barber. And if you're the backup to Peyton Barber, you can't be that great. So, although he did do better in the passing game than I did expect last year, Ronald Jones, I'm still... Not very excited in Kashan Vaughn for those reasons. Yeah, I think he's going to be a player we end up talking about later as a, in our flyer section a little bit, too. Yeah, he has potential to be great. It's just I don't think this year's the year. Um, I'm not sure where you have this guy ranked. Uh, this one was a little bit, I'm just going to say right off the top for me, this one was very difficult to do um, due to all the uncertainty even this week. Mm-hmm. I had to readjust all my rankings. Thanks, Darius Geis. Uh, I actually have Antonio Gibson ranked at my 40 slot. I think there's a good chance – he's kind of – I'm not going to mention him in my flyer section, but I think he's – I think he has a very good chance, if not overtaking Adrian Peterson, to really go ahead and kind of supersede him or or work next to him and and split the carries a little bit. So I I would not be surprised if he ended up, you know, with quite a few carries uh, and did some damage that way. That backfield is just so hard to tell between uh, AP, him, uh, Bryce Love coming off injury. It's just kind of a giant cluster back there. So offenses. Yeah, it's it it's very. (laughs) I want very little to do with it. Yeah, it's very tough to project, and this is not one that I would, you know, if you, you know, if you're being smart, you probably avoid altogether. But I think that this is a guy who could really fall and provide a lot of value for you, uh, should things work out a little bit in his favor. Especially where he's getting drafted, I agree. Perfect. Uh, let's go ahead and have you do your next two. This one might be a bit of a hot take for number 39, but I put carry on Johnson. I like Vaughn. I have zero faith in carry on Johnson. Uh, he was very hyped last year. I believe in most ADP drafts, he's getting picked around the third to fourth round range. And even he got hurt halfway through the season, but even when healthy, he was arguably one of the worst running backs statistically in the league. And sadly, he had a bunch of goal line work too. I believe through the um, first eight games, I think he had six goal line carries, and he had three total touchdowns. And I think only one or two of them was from the goal line. So he wasn't very good on the goal line. His yard per carry wasn't any good. His his only one saving grace was he was pretty he was okay in the passing game. But other than that, he was just I guess even with that, he was a big disappointment. And what I saw was. I've been looking up ADP for him now. He's getting drafted around the 6th round range. So he got hurt, so he's missed 14 games in the, out of his first 32. And then he was very lackluster last year and somehow only fell back a couple of rounds. So especially for where he's getting taken, he's some guy I want nothing of. Yeah, and, and you hate to say that somebody's injury prone... But I don't have any confidence of him ever being able to finish a complete season. No, he, I don't think he's built to be a workhorse, unfortunately, at least thus far in mm-hmm. his career. In, in fairness, I don't. I just don't think the Lions use him to his skill set overly well. No. I, I, f- I feel like he's good in certain areas, and they just kind of, hey, run through the tackles every day, yeah. you know? Because his rookie uh, season, like, efficiency-wise, he was fantastic. But then once they gave him the every da- every down back roll, it tanks. I think it dropped like, two yards of carry, which... There's a lot of factors that could fall into that, but mm-hmm. it's never a good sign when you see such a regression going into your second year. And for the listeners at home, he is not ranked in my top 40. Uh, Brandon, will you go ahead and give us uh, your number 38 as well? Number 38, he... Um, I don't have much to say about him. It's Tony Pollard. I think Tony Pollard, for a handcuffs' sake, is a top... I guess it depends if you consider Philip Lindsay a handcuff. But um, for the true handcuff, I view Tony Pollard as a top three handcuff. Uh, he is very talented, and he's a good running back. Unfortunately, with Zeke there, he's kind of like there's not much point in owning him other than the handcuff. But if something were to happen to Zeke, I feel like he's a guy who could totally win your league. Or maybe not win it, but definitely push you in the right direction. Yeah, I'd agree on that. He can be a major game changer, Amazing. and he has proven that he does have a lot of talent. Yeah, He he's definitely can step up when needed. Um, I'm just going to go ahead. I know we're doing a weird order here. I'm going to go ahead and jump to my 39 and 40. Uh, oddly enough, I have two Colts ranked back-to-back here. So for my 39, I have Jonathan Taylor. And for my 38, I have Naheem Hines. And I know that we had not suggested this earlier, but this is in a full-point PPR league format. Uh, that's probably something I should have explained right at the get-go. Yeah, that's fair. Standard ranks as well as these PPR ranks will be available on the website. But for right now, we are going with the one-point uh, PPR ranks. Um, I think just first of all Since uh, Jonathan Taylor's first it, This is another backfield that you know One or two of these guys is going to do major work And then you're going to get probably Screwed over with one guy who's not reaching uh, You know, who's not up to, up to The cut um, I still have Marlon Mack projected as the best running back here uh, By a couple spots He'll be coming up on the list a little later here but I just think that for right now, the safe bet is to have all three of these guys, especially given how good the O line is and how much even Philip Rivers on the Chargers relied on the on the running back for the passes. And that's kind of the reason I have Naheem Hines elevated to where he is. Is I just I think Philip Rivers is going to go with a lot of dump off options, and given that and how well the offensive line is, I think there's going to be a lot of running uh, use, and they're going to use Philip Rivers and more of a. Uh, Kind of how they used Aaron Rodgers a little bit last year. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is better, but more of a a run-first kind of approach, if that makes sense. Basically how they used him in, uh, on the Chargers last year. Well, the problem, though, is if <laughs> Phillip Rivers was always behind and throwing a million picks because mm-hmm. he was driving in the fourth quarter only to lose every game. So I think that they're going to be a lot more competitive because their run game is going to be a lot better and it's going to be more of a Phillip manager situation, not Phillip we're losing in the fourth quarter, save us type of thing. So I think they'll be a lot more conservative and rely more a lot more on the run there. Uh, well, in the short passing, mm-hmm. so those are my uh, what were they thirty nine and thirty eight. Uh, Brandon, if you'd like to go ahead, how about you give us thirty seven through thirty five, the next three spots here? Okay, yeah. So mine again, these going to be these next couple are going to be pretty boring. We're going to have Alexander Madison, just because as a, a as a handcuff, I feel like he is probably the second best, and especially with his situation and with the concerns to Dalvin Cook's injuries, um, his he was essentially. Dalvin Cook with a little less receiving talent last year. His running game was arguably as good, and he did get quite a bit of work. He had over 100 carries last year, so even if um, even if you still get some points out of him, even if Dalvin Cook doesn't get hurt, but you're obviously owning him for a handcuff spot. And the same comes with Latavius Murray. He had a very underrated season last year. He ended with 850 total yards and six touchdowns, and for a backup, that's really good. Um, and Kamara, although he doesn't get hurt much, people always fear for his like fear for him. Like, oh, he's small, he's brittle, he might get hurt. Which, mm-hmm. like last year, he had that ankle sprain. But I don't expect Kamara to get hurt. But if he were to get hurt, I'd say Latavius Murray is easily the best backup to own. And I guess my or the best handcuff to own. And thirty-four, I have Philip Lindsay, just because he he had a thousand-yard season last year. His rookie season, I think he had a nine hundred rushing yard season, over a thousand yards total. And he was a, an average running back. It's just my main concern is that they got Melvin Gordon. And with that, um, I feel like he's going to lose a lot of his work, especially because a lot of people don't know this, and it's very surprising. Philip Lindsay is not good at catching the ball. like His receiving game is below average. And that is surprising since he's such a shifty, quick guy. You'd think he'd be better at it. But most of the receiving work went to Royce Freeman. So I feel like the running back who's going to be impacted the most by Melvin Gordon showing up is going to be Phillip Lindsey and not Royce Freeman. Although Freeman's role has diminished significantly as his career has gone on. Yeah, and, that, and that's really another one of those backfields, too, that it's you're kind of nervous about a little bit with the, with the between him and Freeman. Especially those two. As I say, Melvin Gordon I'd feel better with just mm-hmm. because... A couple years ago he was a top five running back like fantasy wise even last year he missed four games and still finished pretty well all things considered Mm -hmm. but yeah so i will run down my next three here pretty quickly uh for the number 37 spot i actually went with Jalen richard uh for the the raiders uh and again this is more of a ppr kind of pick here i just think that he's going to have another big year in terms of pass catching Uh, But he also did quite a bit of work on the ground. I mean, Josh Jacobs obviously did the brunt of that, but he actually did pretty well on the ground, and I think that he's going to continue with the receiving game and and keep doing better with that. Um, For the next one, I went with Josh Dobbins on the Ravens, or J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I think that the Ravens, I know they ran the ball the most uh, in the NFL last year. And just from everything that I was seeing, I do believe that he will have a big part in the offense. Uh, you know, I don't believe he's going to be as good as Mark Ingram, obviously, but I do think that he's going to have a large part uh, within the offense and take a lot of a lot of touches. So uh, given how much they run, they can support multiple running backs. And so that being said, I think that he's going to have himself a nice season. And obviously you don't cheer for this or you don't think it's going to happen. You know, you don't plan for it to happen. But I think he's going to go ahead and have himself a nice year as well uh, in case somebody were to get hurt. Uh, he'd just be even better. Uh, and for my 35, I actually have Jamal Williams on the Packers. Uh, hmm. The Packers really have switched over to a essentially a run-first option. And, I, I mean, if you want to say it's because Alan Lazard is the number two wide receiver, then, I mean, that would probably make sense. But I, I just think that they're going to continue doing what they did last year and going with a lot of run and passing to the running backs. And I just think just out of the sheer volume that he's going to get uh, with receptions and the amount of – he actually does get quite a few touches. So I think that he will have a good chance at uh, doing pretty well next year. And so, uh, how about, Brandon, you want to give us 34 through your 30? We'll, let's pick, pick it up a little bit here. Yeah, um, 30 um, or pick 29 and above are the players I'm actually excited about, so that actually works perfect um, or perfectly. Number, let's see. I'm sorry, I lost which number I was at. Number 34. Yeah, number yep, 34, I have Jordan Howard. He's one of those guys where I think he could – be much, much better than this. However, there is some uncertainty with Matt Breida there in the four games he will play before he gets hurt. But either way, um, I was looking up online, and I saw many places rating that the Dolphins had one of the most improved offensive lines from last year, which, again, when you're improving from anything above a zero Mm. is an improvement for them offensive line-wise. Ryan Fitzpatrick was the leading um, rusher on that team. The rushing stats were crazy. No, they were absolutely disgusting. (laughs) And I was blown with 40-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick as your leading rusher. You got problems. But anyways, they have the third most Im- or they have the most improved uh, offensive liner. Most places rate him around top 3. And with that, I mean, again, going from a 0 to a 4 is a huge improvement. So what does improvement mean? But it seemed to be much much better. Um he also strangely enough, Jordan Howard has the third most rushing yards since he entered the league, which is something a lot of people don't know. Granted, he has had a lot of opportunity, but still, it's something to at least note. And with that, he is a little deficient in the pass catching, but I feel like he at least has the ability to be a workhorse and may, and should get a decent amount of carries. He has had some injuries, but he's at least somebody I think could excel or get further than his rank is currently. And moving on to 33, we have Sony Michelle. He's another guy who got a ton of work last year and didn't really do anything with it. But he's still got a ton of work. So he's a guy who, although he's better in standard than PPR, I still think that he'll be fine. There are a lot of concerns with the Patriots offense, but I'm not concerned because Tom Brady was at best an average quarterback last year. So, I mean, filling in Mm -hmm. Cam, all he's got to do is not be a complete disaster and their offense will still run. So I feel like Sony Michelle could have another season like last year. Cam might limit a couple of the rushing touchdowns, which is where Sony gets a lot of his points. But I do think that he's at least worth owning and could potentially be good. Um, I think a big thing with him too is that Brady. There was no chance of him ever running. No. So I think Cam might actually open the run game up a yeah, little he, bit he definitely and could. potentially help him out a lot. And yeah, if somebody were to benefit from that, it'd be Sony. And the next guy above him is Justin Jackson. He. I feel like he's going to fill um, the Melvin Gordon role from last year where he'll get maybe 12 to 13 rushes a game, not much receiving work, and maybe some of the goal line stuff. So, I mean, he's worth owning. And I think even last year his numbers were fantastic for when he got touches, and he, he could tra- trans, um transform that into being really good, but I don't see that really happening. So I feel like he's going to be another lower guy with a lot of potential. And the last guy on the list would be James White. Actually, no, there's two left. James White, um, especially in PPR, he is incredibly underrated in a perfect flex play. And the people above him are going to be. I have this one split into two because right now there's a lot of uncertainty, and that is Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. Whoever the starter is, I'd put them at thirty. Because right now, like right now, I believe it's Daryl Henderson. But again, we haven't had a training camp. We ha- have we even had practice. We haven't even had practice yet. Yeah. I don't so know. it's hard to know really with these rookies, but. There's a reason why they got Cam Akers. Um, They obviously need him to fill the Todd Gurley role, even though Henderson is technically above him on the um, depth chart. But, yeah, I'd say whoever's a starter there, I don't expect them to be the next Todd Gurley in his prime, but they can at least do some damage. Yeah, the Rams definitely get a lot of yards. Yeah. Um, And so I'm going to go through mine real quick. So my 34 is a guy that we just touched on, so I won't talk much about him, but I have Sonny Michel again at number 34. I just feel that for as many touches as he's going to get, you kind of have to put him up there. Uh, like Brandon said, he's not going to do too much in the pass game, but uh, so he might be a little – this is where I have him in PPR. So in a standard league, I'd have him ranked higher, as my rankings will show. But uh, I have him coming in at 34. Uh, number 33, this is going to make Brandon upset, but I have Tariq Cohen at 33. Yeah. Um, this is 100% PPR based. <sighs> uh, he's obviously not going to do much at all with running the ball, but the Bears are going to pass it a lot to him, as they always do. Um, And, you know, when your quarterback's not very good, it's always nice to have an option like that. And so as long as Mitch is in there, I think that there's a good chance he gets a ton of receiving work, which ultimately, again, is the reason he's where he is. Um, uh, Coming in at 32, I have Latavius Murray, as mentioned earlier. Um, Again, him and Kamara both get tons of work. And with Drew Brees getting older and being able to throw less or deep less, uh, they kind of go with the safety options there. And so I really do feel like, we're gonna get a lot of passes out of him, or a lot of short passes out of him, and that uh, I think he's gonna have put to, uh, Excuse me, I think he's gonna to put together a nice season there. Um, and then my thirty-one, I actually have Marlon Mack there. So all the running backs for the Colts are kind of ranked in that thirty to forty slot. Um, the reason I have him there is is mostly just due to the uncertainty of the backfield. Obviously, he looked very good last year and very elusive. Um, but obviously they brought in these other people to help out a lot. And I, I think like I'd mentioned earlier, Phillip rivers is going to spread the ball out a lot. So, uh, I expect him to have a pretty split workload and that's the reason for him being ranked where he is. Um, and then number 30, just like Brandon, I had cam Akers uh, in the 30 slot. I just think that he's probably going to get most of the work in that backfield. And I think that that means a lot, especially, you know, people didn't think Todd Gurley looked that good last year. I thought he looked okay, but he didn't look super special. Uh, you know, and if it looked like just with McVeigh's system, anybody who's back there is essentially going to do pretty well. So I like uh, any starting running back for the Rams, like Brandon said, but I have him, Cam Akers, at number 30. Uh, Brandon, how about you run us back? You want to go 29 through 25? Yeah. Um, let's see. Number 29, we have uh, Kareem Hunt. He, I guess I mentioned that um, in PPR, James Weiss, the perfect flex player. I kind of lied. Kareem Hunt is the perfect flex player for there. He essentially took over all of the receiving duties for the Cleveland Browns and took all those from Chubb. And I feel like since he was missing the first few games, um, he'll be even better this year and take up even more target share and maybe even get some rushing attempts in there. Number 28 or 29 and 28, these two are guys who I could see moving up in my rankings as this either as the season goes on or as we get closer to the season. Number 28 is James Conner. Last year he kind of had a down season with injuries, inefficiencies, and whatnot. But that whole offense kind of had a down year as well. He's a good receiving back. Um, He could carry the load in the sense where they could hand it off to him 15 to 20 times and he seems capable of it. The one thing that does concern me a little is he gets hurt a lot. So I guess depending on how you see it, maybe he can't carry the load. But, but yeah, um, he's my number 28. 27 is... Bill's great, Devin Singletary. I thought for Ricky last year he did a fantastic job, and with the exit of Frank Gore, I think he's going to have a little more work to do as well. He was solid in the receiving game, and I see his workload going up a little bit. They did draft Zach Moss to, and to quote them, to fill the Frank Gore role, but I still think that um, Singletary will get a few of those carries, at least a decent percentage of it. Number 28 is a guy, again, who... I mentioned earlier that I was a little concerned about and that is Ronald Jones just because if they they say he's the guy but if they thought he was the guy they wouldn't have drafted wouldn't have drafted Keshawn Vaughn and they wouldn't have brought in LaShawn McCoy so he was very underrated in the receiving game so with that I mean he in a PPR league that could boost his value tremendously however I don't know how much faith I have in him as of now he's a guy who could either go up a lot or go down a lot as the season goes he's He's a guy I have little faith in, but I could see him being either really good or just a complete bust. It's hard hard to explain. And 25, the last guy is um, DeAndre. Just, just a heads up, not to catch you up. I think you messed up your numbers on the last one. I oh, think I didn't, you said the last one was 28. Oh, I'm sorry. 26, if I said 28. He's 26. Number sorry, 25. Just no. To, just wanted to no, clarify. Number 25 is DeAndre Swift. Um, I feel like he could be what we expected Kerryon Johnson to be last year. Um as I said with all the other running backs, they've been on subpar rushing teams. So, for instance, Todd Gurley's gone. They got a new running back. Um, Ronald Jones and the Bucks were very lackluster in the running game, so they got a new running back. And now this time it seems like the Lions' rushing attack was a joke last year, so they brought in the new running back. And I think that with his skill set, he will be the lead back in Detroit. Oh. He doesn't have much competition. Back, but back, huh? I think he will be. All right, so I'll go going on mine. Number 29 is a name that we have not yet said. Uh, I have Tevin Coleman at my 29 for the Niners. Um, I know he was not overly incredible last year, but there's just a lot of work that's going to go on there, and Kyle Shanahan is always going to get the most out of his players. And so that being said, I have him at my number 29 spot. I expect him to get a lot of work. He's hard. Yeah, the, he, 49ers, hard the 49ers backfield is really hard. But I have him mostly for the pass receptions. Mm. Um, a guy that I'm gonna mention later um is another running back in their backfield as a potential I wonder who that is. jump start. <laughs> so uh it it there's a lot of question marks back there and they're just gonna rush for a million yards. Uh so I, I just have faith in in that backfield more so than you know anything. Uh for number twenty-eight, I have like Brandon had right around there, Devin Singletary. Uh I know that they're talking about the split backfield sort of thing, and so that's why I'm a little hesitant to move him forward. But uh, he put together a great rookie year last year, and uh, you know from what we're seeing, the Bills are gonna run, and they're gonna do it quite often, and I expect him to have another nice season, uh, score a lot of touchdowns, and get a lot of the goal line work. For my number 27, another guy that we have not mentioned yet is uh, David Montgomery. Uh, I don't think he's a good player. I watched film from him (laughs) from last year. I think he's extremely slow, not very agile. Agile, however you want to say it. Uh, I just don't think he's a very good player, personally. Uh, but he's going to get a million carries and essentially volume is the only reason that I have him where he's at. I don't don't think he's dynamic. He's not going to hit an 80 yard run. Their coach has reiterated. They're, they're committed to him. Probably not going to hit a 30 yard run, but he's (laughs) absolutely not. He's good enough to grab the ball and run for a couple yards, a hundred times a game. So I, he, the only reason he's there is just because of volume. I don't think he's particularly a good player, but again, I think he's a solid pick, you know, I, 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 he probably will never last to 27, but you know, it's just you're going to get a lot of volume, which is something that you look for. Um, so let's see here. Next, I have Raheem Mostert at my 26. Ooh. Yeah, that's kind of a hot take, I'm sure. Uh, he did a lot of damage at the end of last season. No, I can't remember what it was, but I believe the last, like, eight games, including the playoffs, he was averaging over six yards a carry. As a Packers fan, you would know. Yeah, well, the Niners have <laughs> destroyed us in every playoff game that I can remember for the last six years. So, well. I also remember them losing with Brett Favre way, back in, way way back in the day, but on the last-second touchdown. But that doesn't need to be mentioned. Uh, I I think that he's going to put together a nice season. He, I, It's not so much faith in the player. It's more, again, like I said about Tevin Coleman, faith in the system. And as long as Kyle Shanahan's calling plays back there, I think that he's going to get quite a few yards and put together a really nice season. So that's where I have him. Um, next, I went with Clyde Edwards. Um... I expect – or wait. Oh, I went too far, didn't I? Well, no, I didn't. I'm on 25 now. I went Clyde Edwards. Clyde Edwards at 25? Oh, were you surprised? I'm shocked. Why? Where'd you have him? (laughs) We'll see next episode. (laughs) I have Clyde Edwards uh, ranked up top here. Uh, I'm expecting him to have a good season. There is a lot of question marks, or there are a lot of question marks with that backfield. But – You know, I I think he's going to get a majority of the the work back there and do a lot of damage. Obviously, the Chiefs' uh, offense is amazing, so I think he's going to have himself a great season. I'll I'll let you explain from the next time uh, a little more depth. No, yeah, he's definitely on my next episode towards the latter, the latter part. But are we starting on? Let's see here. We're starting on pick twenty four, I guess. So for twenty four, this is a guy who I'm just more concerned for his health. As of now, the team has said he's set to go week one, but they say that all the time. And that is Chris Carson. Uh, I like Chris Carson a lot, and I thought he was fantastic. He's been fantastic mm-hmm. for his career the past – I think he's been in the league three years, but his last two years especially have been absolutely fantastic. Unfortunately, he had surgery on his hip, which is never good when your when you're, uh, career bases on running the ball. So that – has me a little concerned um i hear them say he's right for week one i hear other people saying maybe around week four there's a lot of uncertainty around it And right now i'm just going to keep him down here for the time being but yeah if he were 100 healthy i'd have him be a top 10 back but right now we're just a little uncertain with number 23, like you said, I, I don't know if it was this exact – it wasn't this exact spot, but it's David Montgomery. Their head coach has said that they are completely committed to the run this season, and he's their lead guy. Regardless of how disappointing and lackluster he appeared last year, they're still going to feed him the ball like crazy. And with that, it's hard to not suggest him. He's probably – for how much work he's going to get, he's going to be a good RB2 at least. Um, number 23, we have Todd Gurley. He – Put up a fine season last year, even though efficiency-wise he wasn't incredible, and even statistically he wasn't that great. But he got a lot of work. However, he's he was running behind a poor offensive line, and now he switched teams to another poor offensive line, which rated around the same area, like within one or two spots of the Rams. So it's essentially the same thing, and a lot of carries are up for grabs. So it's I feel like it's going to be the same situation as last year, where he might not have the most efficient stats, but he'll He'll get quite a few rushes. He'll get quite a few receptions. And the offense is good enough where he'll be in the red zone a decent amount. Um, Let's see here. For number 21, this guy right here I have no clue on. And mm-hmm. in the sense where based off of last year, he shouldn't be ranked. But based off the past, like, five years, Uh-oh. he could – or the four years prior to that, outside of injury. I think I can guess who you're going to say. He could probably be a top ten pick. And that's David Johnson. Yeah, that's what I was gonna um, guess. Th- last year I things are looking up for David Johnson. I mean, besides last year's just absolutely horrendous season. He was apparently playing hurt, and if you watch some of his film or even some of the clips where he was running in slow motion, it was very apparent. I don't um, even want to think about the one you're thinking about. Yeah, there was that one clip, um I wish I had it here to put it up, but yeah, we're just like running in Legit slow motion. Walking. He like, yeah, he's like walking. <laughs> and that was not a healthy man. And if he's healthy this season, which he's saying he is, I have I have faith in him because even Carlos Hyde got a 1,000 rushing yards behind that offensive line. And not even behind that offensive line, in 2019. And if Carlos Hyde could have success on a team, David Johnson could have success. So he's one of those guys, if he's back healthy, he's one of those guys where he could easily like ascend. Like He's getting drafted, what, third, fourth round? Maybe even fifth? He could be easily an RB2 if he is healthy at the start of the season. I mean, if we're being honest, based on what he's done before, he could be an RB1 as well. No, exactly, yeah. I like mean, if he, you remember that crazy season that, a couple that, years that's ago. That's what guys like him and guys like Melvin Gordon intrigue me. Because mm-hmm. two years ago, Melvin Gordon was a top five running back. I think he was number three, if I recall, two seasons ago. And then last year, obviously, he's was right behind a, essentially no offensive line. And he had no receiving work. He wasn't that bad. He just Ryan missed a Austin lot of Eckler, games, too. Yeah, and he missed those four games with the holdout as well. And then working your way back in after not practicing. Is yeah, little... with with running backs, we just forget how good they were like a year or two prior and just kick them to the curb. But I think David Johnson needed a change of scenery. And I think he's easily one of those guys, like for where he's getting drafted in most leagues, I feel like he's a huge steal. And that being said, moving up to, I guess my last guy of the day is a guy who – I say we're going to disagree heavily oh. on <laughs> And that's Jonathan Taylor. I had him oh. I had him way up there. When you said uh he was like your number, I think like what 37 or something like that. Well, I, I like, had I had all the Colts like, oh, ranked boy. in the 30s. Yeah. All three of well, them. Yeah. So it's... He's he's the guy I think he has the most talent. So that being said, um he has the most talent of them. Obviously, there's a reason why they went out and got him. Well, probably because they're um Marlon Mack is one out in the contract, so they obviously need a replacement. But I feel like he's good enough where he could take that replacement role prior to Mac leaving. And he's one of those guys where at the start of the season he might not do much. But I feel like by the end he could be a league winner in the sense where you get him in the sixth round. And he puts up RB2 numbers mm-hmm. for the last like six or seven weeks when you need it the most. So he's one of those guys I'm really excited about. I have him in Dynasty. And from the prospects or from the rookie class, it was most people thought unanimously that Jonathan Taylor was the most talented back. Either him or sometimes Clyde Edwards, but most people thought it was Jonathan Taylor. And he's going behind the number one-ranked offensive line. So he's mm-hmm. one of those guys where I think, depending on the situation, like, yeah, if Marlon Mack takes a lot of carries, or he might not end the season as, like, the number 10 back, but over the last, like, half of the season, he could easily be top 10. Yeah, that that backfield's just tough. I it mean, is. it's especially when you're running behind such a good offensive line. You know, I've heard people say Marla Mack's not all that good. I watched mm-hmm. his film and he looked very good to me. Still, but when you're not getting touched for the first three and a half yards, that certainly helps. No, e- exactly. <laughs> so sometimes it's, you know, the good offensive lines can kind of put up a facade
1: oh, yeah, in front like of that. You watch you know,
0: Leviathan, you're like, man, that guy sucks. And then it's like, yeah. well, they're running him up the middle and there's literally nowhere to go. So Yeah, and you have people getting negative yeah, yards before contact. So it's. I think it was through the first 12 weeks. I think Le'Veon was averaging 0. 0.6. Yards before contact. It's like, geez, what do you want the yeah, guy that's, to Yeah, that's tough. He's You're just, just hoping to fall back forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so you, you finished. That was your number 20, correct? That was my 20, yeah, my final one. Okay, perfect. So my 24, I have James White. I know you mentioned him a little bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, again, this is mostly all going to be based on him being a pass catcher more than anything. Uh, not really anything to, you know, he's not going to run up the gut too much or anything. But uh, I think, again, like we mentioned with Cam, I think Cam's going to open up the offense a little bit. Uh, plus, you know, James White is very good at his role and he's going to get used a lot in his role. So I think the Patriots offense just in general is going to be a little bit better. Um, you know, one might argue that since he's more of a short target and Cam can actually throw, you know, deep, that might take away a little bit, but I think based how Belichick runs the offense and how they seem to operate, I think it's a pretty safe bet that he gets a lot of work. So he's going to be my 24, uh, coming in at 23, I have Ronald Jones. No, right. um, this was another bet situation. I know most of our disagreements have kind of stemmed from the rookie running back situations. I was at 26 with Jones. Oh. We were really close on this one. Okay. I got you. Yeah. It's between him and Vaughn. I know it's kind of been a lot of back and forth between reporters and everything else mm-hmm. as to who is the primary back. Uh, you know, Arians came out a couple days ago and essentially said that uh, Ronald Jones was going to be the guy and obviously he made David Johnson the guy back when he was working and uh, mm-hmm. when he thought he had a good running back uh back on the Cardinals so i expect Arnold mm-hmm. Jones to actually get a lot of work and i, I he's one of those guys that in a couple weeks i actually could end up putting higher up my board uh it's just right now there's a lot of you know a lot of confusion between who's taking what role in that backfield and you know they i mean they could suck i think it's just they have so many new pieces and they weren't that good last year that like, honestly, who knows if they're going to be any, you know, it's just, there's so many variables there that I've heard a lot of people even say they're completely avoiding anybody on that team, essentially. Yeah. So, LaShawn McCoy's also becoming the fantasy thorn in the side. You know, mm-hmm. the, the Frank Gore role for the past half decade where you throw him in a backfield and you immediately. I mean, he still tank. looks good. Yeah, he does, but you immediately tank all the value of everybody mm-hmm. around him. Like, Damian Williams was supposed to have that breakout year last year, and they're like, oh, well, here's LaShawn McCoy. And they throw him in there. It's like, well, now Damian's getting sidelined for mm-hmm. a lot. And it, yeah, I. As a huge Bills fan, LaShawn McCoy, I love you, but mm. fantasy-wise, you're making it hard for some people. <laughs> yeah, I, that backfield is just going to be a little bit of a mess, I think, in general. Um, So my number 22, I actually have Kareem Hunt. I know that's probably going to be a hot take considered, but uh, based on how much pass work he did last year, in the eight, I believe he only played eight games because of the suspension, uh, he was really tearing it up. And so... Again, this is the PPR league. I'm fully expecting him to just put in crazy pass numbers and him to look like a top-end, almost wide receiver by the end of the season. Uh, Clearly, he's very good uh, as a running back and a pass catcher, and it's honestly kind of ridiculous that him and Nick Chubb are both in the same backfield, if we're being honest. I mean, that's so much talent, and I get why he's back there. Yeah, but (laughs) for obvious reasons. It's crazy to think where he might be ranked if he was on the Chiefs right now. But yeah, it's, I, I'm expecting him to be there. And, and quite honestly, if you were to tell me that he would finish better than that, I don't even know if I'd be surprised. No. You know, uh, it's kind of one of those situations. Uh, for my number 21, uh, I know you had him ranked right around there as well. I actually have David Johnson in that spot. That's exactly where I had him. Um, kind of like we mentioned before. It, He's very risky because you just don't know what you're getting. I mean, you could get a guy who looks terrible, or you could get a guy who's, oh, where'd this guy come from? Yeah, here's 350 touches, no problem. I mean, I remember back when, in his heyday, when I would be down 18 or 19 points with him left, and I wouldn't be nervous at all yeah, because I think, I believe he was averaging in the 20 points. Yeah, he, he was it, Christian McCaffrey before it was, Christian McCaffrey. It was crazy. Uh, and so he's, a, he's honestly a really high upside guy. If you don't like. Risk, I would completely avoid him. But I mean, if Carlos Hyde, like Brandon said, can put up decent numbers, then I don't know why David Johnson couldn't, you know, be, you know, at least okay. Unless he's not walking. (laughs) (laughs) Also, at 21, that's really a pretty low risk situation. 21 running back. Was that? 21 running back, not overall. 21 running back. Yeah, yeah, that's probably around pick 50. I, you know, I even said if you're risk-averse, stay away. But, I mean, he's going to... Unless your team is... If you're going a no-running-back strategy, I mean, that's probably going to be your number two. And I'd probably feel pretty Maybe good about even that. Maybe flex. I would feel good as him yeah. with my yeah, second or flex. So, he's another one of those guys that we'll see what happens. But I like him there. Um, and then at my number 20, to wrap things up, I believe you might have had him in the same spot or a couple earlier. Uh, I went back with Todd Gurley as well. When I watched his film, he actually looked pretty good on tape still. I know a lot of people you know you see three clips a year and you're like oh this dude sucks or he didn't have 18 touchdowns this year he's not Mm -hmm. as good Uh, he looks fine to me I didn't see any reason to think he was injured and I watched more than 10 runs okay I watched some film on him he he looked pretty good he looked pretty normal so I I wasn't really sure I'm not overly concerned with the rushing thing um you know all the his health kind of means to me is that he's not a top 10 running back yeah, it's it's weird. Like they just kind of quit giving him the ball some games. Yeah, I mean, it's like oh here's here's ten carries. He was carries. never bad. So. Here's ten carries for sixty yards. It's like well, that's good, but mm-hmm. what are you gonna do? With ten carries? Like, no, exactly. You're not do much. And and I think especially given the Atlanta's other running backs, I think he's gonna be getting a lot more work and be kind of have the primary role. Um, I feel like this guy. I feel the running backs are generally very good this year. Oh, absolutely. There's a chance I could see him by the time drafts roll around really hard that I have him moved up a little bit more. Yeah. But I, it's just, there's so many solid options. I don't know because the people above him are all really good too. This is one of those weird years where I really do like probably the top 30. That's what what I said earlier. I was just like, I'm like, look, I'm excited for anybody after 30. Yeah. Because even Kareem Hunt has a, Flex is fine, and kind of I have how, no how my ranks work too is I tried to project things out, and honestly, you know the real anything you know it was kind of twenty five is the spot for me where numbers start to go way up. But yeah, it's there. There's a lot of high ranking people that I have here, and my you know essentially my thirty through forty almost were within ten to twenty points of each other. So I mean it's we're talking very close rankings here. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's gonna wrap me up there at number twenty. Uh, And like we talked about next week's episode, we're not finished with this episode. But next week's episode, we will be going through our one through twenty, probably providing a little more stats on them because it's going to be a little more important to get the Mm -hmm. one through twenty right versus the twenty through forty, as a lot of those guys are going to be not shots in the dark, but a little bit more of a gamble, uh, obviously, than you want your one to twenty to one to nineteen to be. Um, So we will go ahead and segue to the final short portion of the podcast here, and that is going to be uh, in regards to running backs that they might have been in our 20 through 40, or they might be extended out of the mm-hmm. 40, uh, that we think, we're not guaranteeing them to be good, but we think that, hey, if you're looking for some really high upside, you need somebody uh, who's potentially going to be a big deal for your team, put you over the edge, you know, somebody to throw on the bench, who's the best chance at doing that? Or even people where we have them ranked who we feel like could be a steal for where they're at. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And just essentially anybody who has better value than what they're, perceived yeah. to be or has the really high upside that the players around them don't have. Uh, obviously, if you had a Frank Gore, you know, and a guy next to Frank Gore who's 10, you know, well, Frank Gore's case, 20 years younger, you're going to want the, you know, it's kind of one of those situations. Yeah. Frank Gore is never going to be the guy we're projecting higher no. uh, for this. Um, so I have marked about six guys um, and nothing we have to spend a lot of time on, but did you have any guys that you had flagged yeah, as um, potential I had impactors? I have a few. Some of them I could clump together. Mm-hmm. The the main one, um, if you couldn't have guessed from the start, who had clumped together are probably going to be the Latavius Murrays, the Alexander Mal- Madisons, and the Tony Pollards. Just lump them all together. Yeah, you're be- pretty big on the backup running back. Yeah, just because, um, especially guys like Alexander Madison, because there have been a lot of missed games by Dalvin Cook, and Alexander Madison is just fine. Like, it, as a starting running back, he could put up fine numbers. I mean, he's probably a top 20 top I'd, 25 at least. I'd argue yeah, like, running back in the he, league. He's an average running back as a back. Like he, but he's relegated to the backup role because he's behind an above average one. Not to butt into what you were saying is he your favorite non-starting running back? Or who would you... The three favorites... Not to put you on the spot, but do you have a favorite running back that's a backup? It's tough because I think Philip Lindsay is better but with his role it makes it tough. But he also has a kind of injury prone guy in front of him so I'd say the three the top three I like are Philip Lindsay and they're all right next to each other mm-hmm. Philip Lindsay Latavius Murray and Alexander Madison I think Latavius Murray I guess if you were to fill him in as, as a starter I feel like he'd have the most success just based on the role and on the system and whatnot but Kamara like I said has been surprisingly healthy so it's yeah he's the guy you wouldn't think would be yeah very durable but yeah maybe he's super agile i guess his agility rating is always through the roof so maybe that's why Mm because yeah last season his only true injury was a high ankle sprain which sucks and slowed him down quite a bit but like that's not a contact injury typically Uh so those are the guys i have at least for like the bottom spot of um who i think could be worth a lot more Mm -hmm. some of these guys are getting picked in like the 10th 11th round so it's like well you could have a guy who could totally turn your league around at the cost of what like Marvin Jones? Mm-hmm. I, I could, that's a bad example because Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones is good. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty good at the, at the cost of like a third string or a number three receiver, mm-hmm. or at a, at the cost of less than Gronk. Like oh, yeah. Speaking of overvalued players, yeah, don't stare at Gronk. D- just wait. Just wait to the tight end. The tight end special. Yeah, that's gonna be a fun one. Yeah, I, I have no faith in Gronk. Um, did you have anybody else that you wanted to mention? Oh or yeah, those... I, I okay, definitely okay. had a few. Okay, I just wanted to just me sure. to go through all of them now. Yeah, if you want to just run through yours. So yeah, I had Justin Jackson as well. If he could, this one is another one of those ones where I had him low just because as of now we don't have much information regarding how it's going to work. But with that, if he could fill in the Melvin Gordon role and get like primary ball carrying when um, Austin Eckler gets the primary receiving, he could still be a steal for where he's getting picked. That is still a big if, and right now we don't know. So he's another guy who could potentially move up. Um, 29, I, I I had rated at 29 is Kareem Hunt. I could see him moving up, as you said, just mm-hmm. with his work, especially in full PPR. He's a monster in that. Um, James Conner was another one I was excited about. Other than the injury concerns, his numbers, again, went down a lot. But the entire offense went down a lot when, Beg, when Big Ben went down and when... Um, Antonio Brown went missing. And I'm assuming that we're talking about this probably next week's episode, James Conner? James Conner? Yeah. No, I have met 28. Okay, okay, gotcha. He's one of those guys I have met 28 because there's some concerns, but he could easily shoot up. I could have phrased that better. But um, let's see. Um, and I had a couple more. David Montgomery, I don't like him as a talent, um, but I like his situation a lot, and the coach is really set on them getting him the ball. And who knows, maybe he could show – Better flashes. I know their line should be better, and I'd hope the quarterback play would be better as well. So I could see his situation from last year just getting better. You do have to wonder if Mitch got benched, if he would be a better player. Like if Nick Foles got in there and started throwing the football around, like you know Nick, a lot better. Yeah, there's there's a lot of variables with him. I realize most of the people, I'm like. I'm like in between about are a lot Mm -hmm. of just variables. Like who's going to be the quarterback right now. We don't know. The coach said he isn't committed to anybody, which is a red flag for Mr. Bitsky. Makes Everything better. But in the last two guys are David Johnson, who I just spoke on and Todd Gurley, just because again, David Johnson, he's a risk, but for his potential, I feel like he's worth the risk unless something comes out in the future that says otherwise. And Todd Gurley, I feel like he's going to have relatively the same season as last year or pretty close and with that last season he was still a quality back and mm-hmm. he's getting drafted really far back. So if you could get him somehow as a RB2 or a flex even, mm-hmm. you'd be set I think. No, that's a good point. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and run through mine. Mine were all outside of the top 40. So mm-hmm. you're not oh, wow. going not going to hear anybody. I I just kind of just did it that way. Yeah, okay. I didn't go into the anything quicker than the, or you know below that. Um so the two first guys I have, they're going to be ranked closer to closer to the top. Um, I have Kerryon Johnson and DeAndre Swift ranked back-to-back. Uh, they're actually my 47-48. And uh, being a dynasty owner of Carrion Johnson, that hurts me to say because that's not what any of us wanted. But I, it's, it's shocking how much Detroit does not run the ball. Mm-hmm. And so I feel that now that they kind of have two guys in the middle that are going to split carries, it's just going to make things even more difficult for either one of them to really make any ground uh, I also do worry a little bit about carry on's health. Uh, he seems like one of those guys that, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if he was hurt a couple times or missed half the season again. And so he's really one of those guys that I, I am a little worried about. Um, but essentially, he's ranked so low because that situation is not overly great to begin with due to how much passing they do and them always losing. or You know, being behind and so they're forced to, to pass a lot more. And I I just don't have any confidence in that backfield or their health or the situation itself. Maybe once we get a little more info, I thought you were excited about this guy. <laughs> no, I, I I I am because I think he's a very good player for where he's ranked. Um, I just don't necessarily. I think they're both good players. I just think mm. they're in bad situations. But I think the talent is good enough that I'm I'm still kind of excited about them. Their ADP makes just makes it un- undraftable for me. They're usually around the 7th round. Yeah, it's, I, just, I can't do that. Yeah, it's kind of tough. Maybe can not or maybe um definitely not um carry on, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um just another guy I had I have a uh, I have Jordan Howard. Uh, I have him ranked at 46 on my rankings. Uh the reason I have him where he is at is due to him not being a pass catcher and again this is oh, yeah. this is in uh PPR league. Uh, he essentially has no catching. He does not catch. So I'm very worried about him in a PPR league, and just because it's Miami and that whole situation, who knows what the heck is going on down there. I still don't know who's playing quarterback. I Yeah. <laughs> I I like him in terms of I think he's a good, a decent player and pretty good. I just don't have any faith in him to produce any real numbers. It's hard to have faith in that team. Uh, and just a couple quick guys to go along with that. Um Again, these are going from closest to the top down. So these it's just getting higher as we go. Uh, I have Darwin Thompson I th- on the Chiefs. I think that given the kind of unstable backfield, that he could have a lot more work than projected. Uh, and he has proven that he is good. And so I do think that he could have a good opportunity. And with the Chiefs, anybody who's essentially an asset is going to get used. So I think he has a potential shot to move up. Uh, the next guy I have is Bryce Love for the, the uh, Washington football team. It's not a joke because that's literally their name. I love that name. Uh, definitely going to be acquiring some gear. Absolutely. For no other reason than I I just think it's awesome. But uh, I think that he has a very good chance of becoming a potential backfield uh, leader there, especially with him being young. And a lot of it is coming down to if he can get off the injury bug, you know, mm-hmm. kind of shake the injury bug or not. Um, I know he was hurt all last year, essentially. And so – it, reports have been very strong that he is going to be healthy this year, and I think he can contribute a lot, especially with how shaky that backfield is. Um, another guy, this is going to be the last guy that I mention here, but I have Jarek McKinnon It's kind of an honorable mention here. Hmm. I think that he – I mean, he's been hurt, essentially. I mean, I know he played last year, but before, he's been hurt a lot, and he's always been on the team. For as much money as he takes and as much roster spot you know as he holds – You'd think if they didn't want to use him, he wouldn't be on the roster anymore. Yeah, they kept him around. You'd think they would have cut him three times already. But he's still here somehow. I don't know why. Well, I obviously probably because they want to use him, and they spent good money on him when he originally came over. So he's one of those guys that in the at the end of the draft, or I don't even know if he'll get drafted. I haven't looked at ADP. But I think he's one of those stashes that, you know, he does have a lot of ups, upside in comparison to the other guys around him. Uh, and just one final one. This is one that I didn't even – I just – it's essentially a note that if you're looking for a player that for a couple weeks, if you're really low at running back and you just need some decent points, uh, I always mark every single year, Chris Thompson, uh, as a really good running back to target and like a really, really late round. He's good for like three games. He's incredible. He's usually incredible for the six games a year he plays. And so he usually starts the season strong every year. So if you are lacking at running back, I don't think it's that bad of an idea to just grab him real quick. Uh, Play him for the first, you know, play him till he gets hurt and drop him. Or if you have somebody who is either suspended or hurt, just plug him in for the first couple games. He's a night, nice, yeah. He's a great plug for the beginning of the year. At least he has been, and that's been on uh, the Washington football team, which, as we all know, is not a good football team. No. So, uh, not that the Jags are incredible either. But no. I think that again, beginning of the season, if you, you're really low on running back or need kind of a shot in the arm, I think he's a really good flex option uh, for the first quarter of the season. Uh, and so that's going to do it for me. Did you have any other players that you were thinking about? Or is that going to wrap up the um, list? The Darwin Tompkins or Thompson. Is top. Is it Tompkins or Thompson? I can't remember. The guy I mentioned? Yeah, Darwin on the Chiefs. Thompson, yeah. Thompson. Darwin Thompson. I remember him being super hyped last year. Um, people were really excited about him, and they thought that he might take over the backfield. And then, of course, LaShawn showed up. And everything got lost in there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he was somebody people were really excited about last year. And he definitely, for I assume he's not getting drafted, he might be worth a 16th round pick. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Especially given that, you know, Damian Williams opted out and LaShawn's gone. And, you know, there's there's a lot of potential flux back there. And so. uh, Someone's got to get the backup carries. And I don't expect Spencer Ware to overtake him. So I think he has a good chance of getting quite a bit of work, uh, even though, again, I don't have him projected very high. Yeah, especially for potentially undrafted all right so it sounds like that's about all we have for that section uh, I just wanted to thank everybody again for tuning into this uh, episode uh, I do apologize as this is obviously our first one uh, coming back here so things were going to be a little rougher than they will be going forward um, we do again have a great podcast coming up this Friday which we're going to discuss running backs ranked 1 through 20 uh, the rankings will be available on the site as well uh, what website was that again Brandon it's finishedfirstmedia.com man the mecca of Of fantasy sports. Mm. Well, let's just caveat. The the mecca of fantasy football. soon to be. Oh. (laughs) If you were to access the website right now, you would probably be sending mean tweets to uh, what Twitter account? Finish First Media or or the Suit Yourself Podcast, whichever one you choose. Great. And so can you really, really quickly explain the difference between Finish First, kind of what Finish First Media is? In comparison to our podcast? Yeah, so Finish Trust Media is the website we use, and it's kind of the umbrella. So with the umbrella, we have other content coming through that isn't just the, the Suit Yourself podcast. We have some friends who are also working with us who have their own podcast, which is in the process of being named right now. But it will fall under the umbrella. So there will be multiple different podcasts, and theirs is focusing a lot on Dynasty. In recapping as well. So we'd have multiple podcasts, multiple areas of media going through tons of articles, blog posts, rankings, and so on, all under the same umbrella. While we are currently on the Suit Yourself podcasts, po- podcast, excuse me, we are a part of that. So it's just, for Finish First Media is just a lot more content, roughly regarding very similar subject material. Yeah, so not just us on there. And just as the final reminder, everything has been... Uh, getting started up here, so there's going to be a lot of stuff that's still blank or templated, or you know, insert the blank. But in the next, in the coming weeks here, days, weeks, it will be getting filled, and the website will be looking like a normal website. It's a little strange that we're on here on a Tuesday. Is that a normal scheduling product? uh A normal scheduling hour? Uh, no, I believe that the set schedule will be Mondays and Wednesdays. Wow, thanks for clearing that up. I was a little confused. That might not be the case for a week, but. That will be the normal schedule somewhere around 8 o'clock at night. Yeah, so with that, especially when the season goes in um, regarding games, we can t- get through most of the games on Monday night. Even We might even be able to watch some of the Monday Night Football as we podcast as well so we can get some recaps on most of the games. And when we go back on Wednesday, we could also preview all of the games as well. So think of Monday and Wednesday for this show. I'm not sure when the other shows are going to start and what days they're going to use. However, we assume there will be some time I was going to say between Monday and Friday, but that's kind of a given. Mm. So I guess TBD on that one. All right. And as always, we will drop links uh, on the bottom of the video or check out our website or Twitter uh, just for other things such as Discords, as Reddits, uh, just any any other content that we're doing. But uh, thank you again for watching our first episode. It only gets better from here. Uh, That's it. That's all I got. We love you. Thank you. Suit yourself.